0: Hey guys, welcome to the Wine and Politics Podcast. This episode, I got to interview my husband, Scott Barnes, who is very involved in the stock market. And so we have a really interesting conversation about inflation, the state of the economy, potential government spending, and how all of that ties together. And you'll hear us refer to potential government spending and everybody kind of debating whether or not to approve and vote for these certain spending packages and this episode was actually recorded before Congress passed its 750 billion dollar inflation reduction act. So again as a heads up that's the context of this conversation and I hope you enjoy it. If you do like it, please rate this episode five stars. Be sure to share it with a friend. And if you have any feedback, we have an Instagram at Real Wine and Politics, all one word. So, yeah, let me know what you think. Thanks, y'all. All All right, I'm recording. You ready? Ready. All right, here we go. Welcome back to the third installment of the newly improved Wine and Politics Podcast, formerly known as the Uncanceled Podcast. We have since rebranded. And now, this podcast purpose is to bring two people with differing points of view together or who have different things to offer to the table, bring them together and have a conversation and try to find common ground.
1: Woo-woo! Although our, our views are, are pretty common.
0: Are pretty similar. But you yeah. have different views about say the economy as an example than I do because you're more involved with it on a day-to-day basis. Would you agree?
1: I guess so. Yeah.
0: You didn't let me get to the good part of the introduction. <laughs> the best part is that while we get to have these awesome and educational conversations, we have to be drinking wine. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> uh, so, My third guest today, I'm super excited to introduce, is my husband, Scott Barnes.
1: Hello.
0: (laughs) Happy to be here?
1: Yeah, I am (laughs) thrilled to be on.
0: You don't think I forced you into this? No. (laughs) I kind of did a
1: little bit. Yeah. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) That's okay.
0: You're here. You're being a good sport. So Scott, tell me what wine we're drinking tonight.
1: We are drinking the Kim Crawford Pinot Noir New Ooh.
0: Zealand 2020 2020 Whoop, whoop. the year everything kind of went to hell yeah <laughs> all right well I don't feel like you need much of an introduction but for those of you who don't know you how about you tell us a little bit about yourself
1: well my name is Scott Barnes
0: also known as Barnimal
1: Barnimal on on Twitter <laughs> um, but uh, I am a stock trader full-time i um, been doing it for a year full-time and uh, in the markets for six or so years, seven years. But yeah, I uh, did my CPA, worked in public accounting for a while, and now I trade stocks full-time with friends through the internet.
0: <laughs> I'm going to brag on you for a second. You have built a following on Twitter, haven't you? You have about... 5,000 followers or so? 6,000 now?
1: Yeah, 6,000 Twitter followers. I mean, it's not... I didn't even care about that. Um, I just wanted to trade stocks and post ideas I liked. And I made so many friends through all that. Yeah. And um, learned so much through mentors and basically just people I met online. I learned a lot from my dad, but... Yeah. um, ...was able to build a pretty big community within the stock trading, options trading... Whole community that exists out there. It's called FinTwit. FinTwit. Financial like Twitter. Financial Twitter. Yeah, but that's kind of where I reside. I'm in a few stock trading Discord. It's called Discord, uh, the app. And There's what is it? Rooms. What is it?
0: What is the Discord app for those of us who are not familiar?
1: Basically, like a group where, or it's a, it's an app where you can make your own kind of group or chat room, and you can customize it and do all these different things with each chat room. You know, have different floors in each room, and but like, what's up, the main do,
0: idea behind Discord? <clears throat> like, what's it for? Basically, uh. essentially,
1: it's just a group chat, oh. but it has all these different capabilities. Cool. So yeah, it's so. safe to say
0: you are pretty well versed in financial Twitter, the financial industry, and yeah. what's going on in the stock market, as well as maybe the economy, huh?
1: I do it every day, so yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have to be, or else. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to have a bad time.
0: (laughs) Okay, perfect. Well, I think with that being said, we should just go and jump right in, shouldn't we?
1: You want to? Let's do it. Let's
0: do it. Okay, so the first topic I want to discuss is inflation. And before we jump right into it, I want to just give you a little bit of structure. I really want to talk first about what inflation is and how inflation happens and then how it's impacting Americans. And then after that, we can jump into, you know, government spending, political policies that resulted in this situation that we're in right now, then I want to know a little bit more about how that's impacting stocks. Sound good? Perfect. Okay. Do you want to start out with just like, what is inflation?
1: Inflation means that there's too much money supply and the value of the dollar um, decreases so you can, or you use more money to purchase less goods and services. Mm -hmm. And that's because there's an oversupply of money.
0: So like my paycheck doesn't change, but the price of oil does. It goes up. So yeah. now my paycheck doesn't yeah. pay for as much oil or um, gas
1: or anything in my Potatoes, car or, or apples, oranges, <laughs> just food, <laughs> hot dogs. Uh, there I'm was a, there was a rumor that inflation was impacting Costco's hot dog prices. Really? Yeah, it, it was kind of funny. Um, they, they there was a news story that came out. It was fake, but it said that the price of inflation's. Uh, instead of Costco's $1 hot dogs, they're now $2, and everybody panicked. The a, horror. FinTwit panicked for a little bit. It was hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> so, that
0: was just like a, a troll, a rumor?
1: Some news account put it out there or something, and it was a joke.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, I'm glad that was a joke, because who wants to buy $2 hot dogs from Costco? I don't know. I don't. Yeah, me either. <laughs> so. Okay, so we know that inflation happens when... Money from the government is flooded into the market. The government's printing more and more money. The
1: Federal Reserve and the government, yeah.
0: Yeah, and the value of the dollar goes down. Mm -hmm. So there's more in the marketplace. It's not as rare. You can find it more places, and so because of that, the currency isn't worth as much.
1: It's just supply and demand. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, cool. So, what has to occur before inflation happens?
1: Well, the government's printing too much money. I mean, it just happens over time. Like, it, it's cyclicality,
0: mm-hmm. but over
1: time, as the, as the government prints more money, that's yeah. basically what's going to happen.
0: Right. I guess what I'm trying to say is if you take it way back, not just to the immediate actions before inflation, but what are the actions the government takes long-term that lead up to inflation, A lot of it has to do with trying to spend money and artificially stimulate the economy when you are in some sort of a crisis. And we saw
1: this during COVID. Mm -hmm. It's just like, yeah. And
0: and it also happens when the government is spending and spending and spending and increasing our debt, right?
1: Right. And that's with you're seeing that right now with the semiconductor bill, the Build Back Build Back Better worse. (laughs) plan <laughs> <laughs> and yeah all sorts of different climate and,
0: and I do want to talk about that in a second but first I really want to talk through the history of inflation because it's been a part of human society since ancient Rome mm-hmm. you could even say that ancient Rome fell because of the hyperinflation of the first currency I think it, I forget what it was called but it was when uh the emperor Nero was in power and he completely debased the currency made it worth less and it led to higher inflation and eventual economic collapse. So ways that countries have combated that inflation is actually by creating a system in which the currency is based on some very trustworthy standard. Queen Elizabeth I tied the British currency at the time, I don't know if it was the pound or not, but to gold. And the early days of America, Alexander Hamilton tied our currency to gold. And so because of that, the value of the dollar like hasn't had not previously really increased all that much. That's why whenever you hear about our parents being able to afford at age 21 a house, like they could buy a house then we can't afford now, it's because inflation was not what it is now. Right. And not even today in 2022. I mean, like, you know, when we graduated college.
1: Yeah. No, no, no. Definitely.
0: So understanding that currency needs to be tied to gold. That's a big deal because gold is trustworthy. Everybody understands that. That's a valued commodity. The gold standard. Exactly. Um, Did you know that President Nixon, a Republican president, took us off the gold standard and put us like set the dollar against just faith in the American economy? Why inflation
1: was crazy then. Yeah. Led up to to 1981, where Jimmy Carter, where that was the peak inflation, and now that's where we are again right now. And now,
0: yeah, now we're here now. And when you pair a faith-based currency with you know really horrible economic conditions the economic environment that we're in right now we're in the middle of a recession Inflation-
1: actually as of today we were just pronounced in a technical recession okay as of today Do you wanna because explain that's that? two quarters of negative gdp growth
0: so that's a like a, a defined recession right
1: yeah but the the, the biden administration doesn't want to Admit. admit that and they said that today and even though we are technically in a recession and they are trying to change the definition of that it's mm-hmm. a really timely timely topic
0: right i know there you go see it all happens like, for a reason like
1: as of literally literally today, today which july whatever july 28th it is. Yeah.
0: well there you go so this is like kind of perfect timing but just going back to what i was saying so inflation basically just snowballs when you are in almost perfect economic conditions that we are, where people don't have faith in the economy, so the value of the dollar is going down, and the government is printing a bunch of money that is also driving the dollar down, and the government is also proposing all of these, frankly, outrageous spending packages to up our national debt. Yeah. Did you know our national debt as of today is- 30- trillion dollars which comes out to for every citizen who pays taxes that's like almost 300 thousand dollars per person that they need that they are already in debt
1: we've been digging ourselves a hole for quite some time
0: yeah and the other interesting part before we get into the policies and all that good stuff is i really do want to outline what happens when we increase our national debt because i literally learned in my economics class in high school that nothing happens like our teacher straight up told us that
1: it's wrong
0: Yeah. And I didn't realize it until I was just doing some research. And so what happens is when, you know, you, your country reaches national debt, your interest rates go up, right? Which Mm -hmm. means that you're still having to pay off and pay off and pay off debt that is a lot harder to do the higher up you go. And you can do that by, you know, raising taxes, which, you know, you see Biden's whole policy of taxing the rich, but there are not enough billionaires in the world mm-hmm. in the world to be able to pay off 30 trillion dollars right? right that's one way which doesn't seem like a good way Mm-mm. another way is to sell off our debt to other countries nobody wants that Yeah, know i mean everybody knows money is power so why would we be selling power to countries that don't have our best interests at heart especially china they're our geopolitical adversary. You know, why are they buying up more debt? Why are we letting that happen? Yeah. And if your national debt is too high for other countries to, to, to buy because they can't afford it, what the government ends up having to do is buy their own debt. And, and, What does that mean? That means additional printing of money in order to pay for it, which means hyper, hyper inflation. This is what happened with like Argentina, Venezuela. Venezuela. Um, Another one I read was in the 20s, right after World War I, Germany had the same problem. Their inflation was so high. There were literally women who were carting wheelbarrows of cash to the grocery stores to buy food. Inflation was so bad. And so when that happens, like you're literally bankrupting the entire country. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you look at it that way, that's what we're all trying to avoid. So when, you know, people tell you nothing's going to happen with our national debt going up and up and up, it's just like, we're sweeping the problem under the rug. We still have debt and nobody can pay it off. Right. So yep. that's the situation that we're in. And that's why it's so important. I, and I really do want to like just make people aware of that. Cause I didn't know that. No, I agree. Yeah. So that is kind of inflation in a nutshell and government spending and why it's not as wise to spend money on policies and agendas that might not be essential during a time when we're in a state of inflation. Right. So understanding that inflation is really impacting Americans and it's a big problem right now. Right. You know, like a lot of Americans can't afford what they could afford a year ago.
1: Yeah, it's all a little bit more expensive. Yeah. And that takes a toll. I mean, I guess each American makes a certain amount. But now, well, I guess the inflation rate right now is, of course, CPI was 9.1%. So
0: Is that like a record?
1: It's the highest it's been since 1981. Wow. 40-year high.
0: Literally since we got taken off the gold standard. Yeah. That's crazy. Okay, so knowing that Americans are kind of struggling to make ends meet now more than they were a year ago. How do you think it plays to the American public when Biden's administration is introducing budgets and policies and plans that are of a combined six trillion dollars in additional spending?
1: It's just a, it's just too much. Like, and a lot of it's like unnecessary things at this time. Mm-hmm. Like, it sounds great, but it's not. It's not practical.
0: Yeah. So during COVID, I know the economy was stalled out. We are all, you know, in lockdown at home. And Trump had said, Okay, well, let's release a stimulus, which may have gone a little bit too far, honestly.
1: Yeah, see I was thinking that mm-hmm. about the stimulus. I mean, yeah, I liked Trump as a president and I thought he did an amazing job. But I mean I mean there was no other way to go about that time of crisis mm-hmm. uh, although i mean it, it got excessive i thought especially when even when biden got in there was another stimulus that got pushed yeah
0: like he asked to pu- like push another mm-hmm. multi or i think it was, it was like a big, one it was a point, big one right when he got in yeah it was like almost two trillion dollars before we'd even like the government had even spent the first trillion that trump had you know pushed for and so trump's push for that trillion biden's push for almost two billion Mm -hmm. plus his push for i think it you know all these uh, renewable energy policies plus his build back better plan all comes out to six trillion dollars and i was doing some research about it and did you know that if you adjust for inflation the amount of money that we're spending right now is more money than we have spent on the American Revolution, the Civil War, World War I, yeah. World War Two, the moon landing, the Louisiana Purchase, the transcontinental railroad, and the interstate highway system combined.
1: Well, it's just pretty, it's a pretty big list.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, again, saying adjusting for inflation. So let's just say the dollar was worth exactly what it was worth during the Revolutionary War. We are spending that much more money. I, like, that blows my mind. Mm-hmm. So, in addition to all of that, I want to talk about the government policy specifically that would way, like, increase by that $6 trillion mark government spending and additionally contribute to more inflation. So, first, I want to start with Biden's foreign policy.
1: Yeah. When he first got into office, he called off the Keystone XL pipeline, which runs from Canada to Houston. And this basically basically stopped the domestic, domestic, oil domestic oil production here. That's a big deal. Yeah, it's a, it's a really big deal. So now all the oil is coming from uh, Russia and uh, Saudi Arabia, obviously. Yeah.
0: yeah, so I pulled some stats at the beginning of January in 2021, right before he took office, before he shut down the Keystone Pipeline, gas was 189 a gallon.
1: Yeah, and now it's four... It, it peaked around... Like, five, third, five five fifty for premium in Texas.
0: Oh, really? Okay. Um, I I got four sixty eight, but oh, really? That could have been. Yeah, that regu- was probably
1: regular. Uh, yeah, I, I paid like five. I know at a gas station. You stuff. did, but in California they were paying like eight fifty. Yeah,
0: I think that was like the national average or something. Yeah. But what is that? Like it's a almost a hundred and fifty percent increase mm-hmm. in price. Yeah. Okay, so then okay, so he shuts off the Keystone pipeline which really puts a halt on domestic oil production. And at the same time, he lifts sanctions off the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, which is the main oil producer in Russia.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And in doing so, he basically allowed Russia to invade Ukraine. He enabled
1: the invasion of Ukraine yeah, to that extent, yeah.
0: Because Putin was able to use the funds from that export. Like that, that funded export- their entire
1: invasion, yeah. <laughs> like, that literally. was that's their source of, like, wheat and oil and natural gas are Russia's economy, essentially.
0: Right. Crazy. I still don't get it. Like, why is their oil good, but ours is bad?
1: Ours is fine.
0: <laughs> no, but, I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And now he's been in Saudi Arabia trying to get the Saudis to help us out with oil and it's like well again why isn't our oil better yeah because we're trying to invest in renewable energy
1: that's the whole agenda in my opinion is to make everything it's like a conspiracy but it's it feels (laughs) like he's like trying to jack prices up so he can just force clean energy down our throats
0: i mean i I don't know if you're wrong obama straight up said it he said you know his climate change plan would involve raising gas prices right so, that's why you saw in 2008 a big spike, and then it came back down. Yeah. So Under Trump,
1: and then during COVID, it was like 50 cents for a gallon, I think. I mean, <laughs> I was point. paying
0: like nothing for gas. So,
1: during COVID, when oil was actually negative.
0: Was it really? Oil oh, went negative, yeah. 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 You See, can look this at is the why you're chart. on this podcast, because I didn't know this stuff. Yeah.
1: Interesting. I'm the stock guy, and the markets guy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, cool. I'm just trying to paint the picture. Yeah. Okay, so, regarding... Government policies related to energy. We shut off uh, domestic oil production. We lifted sanctions on foreign oil production. We also were asking the Saudi Arabians for oil. And he's been trying to introduce the Green New Deal. Yeah. Which is like a big focus on renewable energy. Just to kind of quickly sum up what the Green New Deal is, it's his plan and the Democrats' plan to address climate change. And their goal is 100% of electricity would be generated from renewable energy. They also want to digitize the power grid, update all buildings, all buildings to be energy efficient and overhaul the Solar. transportation. Yeah. Well, yeah. But like what happens if it's a cloudy day?
1: Yeah. Solar is not practical. Sounds good. It's just not. Yeah. I mean, wind energy sounds good, but yeah. it's just like.
0: Yeah, so...
1: too hard to implement all that.
0: Yeah, okay, so I was actually looking up some stats about just energy consumption around the globe, and renewable energy only makes up like 2% of the entire world's energy consumption. Fossil fuels, you know, oil, gas, and coal make up 84%. Yeah.
1: Which is just... That's totally, that's reasonable, yeah.
0: Which is 2% less than 20 years ago. And... The way that our world is evolving and continuing to innovate and, you know, making everything easier and more efficient with technology, technology requires so much more energy, you know, to be produced in order to operate. Like, think about robots. As things
1: advance, you need more resources, energy. Yeah. Like, you're not going to get that by just using solar and all this stuff.
0: Well, exactly. It's like the push for renewable energy isn't outpacing the demand for overall energy. I mean, you're going to have to figure out a way to keep up with it because think about like robots on a conveyor belt. You know, if you're Procter & Gamble and you're manufacturing toothpaste or something like you probably don't have factory workers in an assembly line working to put all of the pieces of that toothpaste and toothpaste tube together It's probably robots. How do the robots operate? They need power. Mm -hmm. You operate them through power. How do you get power? Through electricity. Electricity. And how do you get electricity? Through energy. energy I don't know.
1: oil, gas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's all powered by, yeah.
0: And the other thing, too, that I wanted to point out about just renewable energy in general, a lot of what goes into the renewable energy production, so think solar, think wind, is actually mining for minerals like silicone, um, other metals that you literally create the motors with. Lithium. Lithium, thank you. Mm, That's a big big one in the the
1: stock space.
0: (laughs) There you go. Yeah, exactly. But that actually means if you want to increase your output of renewable energy, you have to uh, collect more raw materials and minerals like that in order to produce and create, manufacture the parts for it, which means mining, mining more minerals.
1: Yeah.
0: And domestically... The same people who are trying to support and push the Green New Deal won't allow you to mine. Yeah. But you know what countries do? China.
1: China, of course. That's where we get. That's where a ton of lithium, all sorts of stuff, comes from. Mm-hmm. With so many resources.
0: Yeah, and you know what else has a really, or what other country has a really big lithium supply? Afghanistan.
1: Afghanistan. Yeah, we've had. We've have a big deposit in California. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Okay, so maybe maybe we'll be able to mine lithium yeah. in California. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Nevada. Yeah.
0: Okay, there you go. But it's just interesting because you know environmentalists and supporters of the Green New Deal are pushing for renewable energy, but at the same time, the way to get renewable energy and mass produce it in order to keep up with energy demand in the future is through mining, which is not a way that they want to go. So it's like they want to almost have their cake and eat it too. Yeah. So. I, I do agree i feel like we could we could do better to clean up you know our cities and our environment in certain ways but you know investing in electric vehicles across the board i don't think is going to have the effect that people want it to have
1: it's not but but you can have like it's in an ideal society those would take over and everything would be electric but but if how do you power gonna it, That's just not going to happen. the point, Yeah, though. exactly. How, you're not going to be able to power, you can't power it and oil and gas. And, yeah.
0: I mean, but let's just say you stopped using oil and gas. Still, like, how do you... You have to mine and mine and mass produce and mass produce renewable energy sources. Yeah. And powering those is really, really hard to do for the demand that's coming. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I, I paint that picture because I want to hit the point home that government spending on the Green New Deal right now isn't going to benefit anybody in the long run. And because of that, if if we want to kick the can down the road, then fine. But right now, in the state of the economy we're in, it doesn't make sense to push that agenda.
1: Yeah, in order to control inflation, you can't do that right now.
0: Yeah, exactly. On the subject of just spending money that we can't afford to spend right now is another example of government policy that might not be the smartest to introduce, which is the Build Back Better plan. It talks about bringing universal preschool to families, um, you know, giving tax cuts to families and stimulus checks to them on a monthly basis for childcare. Um, The government says it's going to pay households up to $300 a month per child to cover the cost of food and housing and healthcare and all that stuff. But it's like, where is that money coming from? That's, you know, it's coming from us. Yeah. And we can't afford to pay for it right taxing now,
1: taxing us when we are still trying to save money ourselves. Yeah, taxing us extra and yeah, it's like you can't, can't it. ra- raise taxes when inflation's out of control, mm-hmm. and that hurts like middle class families a lot. Or yeah, like and I guess focuses on the middle class, lower class because some like people aren't making as much money. I mean, they're they're making money, but sometimes their salaries aren't reflective of inflation, so they're not getting mm-hmm. the raises, so they're just getting they they're just forced to pay more in taxes when money's the hottest commodity to have right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And so it's just, you know, all these all these ideas sound good in theory, but in practice, is it worth it right now? No. I agree. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so all this to say with the state of the economy right now, how inflated at the American dollar has become, the fact that we're in a recession, the fact that the government is talking about spending more money on a lot of policies and agendas that don't make sense for the time that we're in right now. It's just not the time to be spending all that kind of money.
1: Right. We would just increase inflation more. <sighs> yeah. Just keep digging ourselves a hole.
0: So, you know, we have talked about what inflation is, what like what happens during inflation and what leads up to inflation. We've talked about the government policies that affect the economy and result in inflation. So now I really do want to ask you to kind of take the floor. I want to know what impact inflation has on the stock market.
1: Okay. Well, I can drive. Um, well, it has a lot of impacts on the stock market. You're, you're going to see generally when there's high inflation, we're going to, you know, end up into a downward cycle mm-hmm.
0: um, like economic cycle
1: to yeah a downward economic cycle but like you'll see the major indices decline as indicative of a recession
0: Okay so when you say major indices like what do you mean
1: The S&P 500, the Dow Jones Industrial Average and the Nasdaq
0: And so what are the index indices like, how do they represent the economy as a whole?
1: Each indices or ind, index, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it's the wine. It's the wine. Um, each index is comprised of certain companies. The Dow is more blue chip weighted, less stocks, more high quality blue chips, essentially, companies that are never going away, uh, household brands. So, give me an example. Staples. Like, list
0: off a few companies that are in the Dow.
1: Coca Cola, uh, Exxon Mobil, Procter and Gamble, uh, Home Depot. There's, I mean, mm-hmm.
0: so just, it's like, oh, uh, you said Exxon Oil. You said Home Depot, retail. Yeah,
1: Procter and Gamble, um, Coca Cola, consumer packaged yeah. goods. Yeah.
0: Procter and Gamble, household goods. Yeah. and consumer goods in general. Just the biggest
1: companies um, across industries. Across industries. Across yeah. all
0: and almost all industries, you could say. Yep. I know, you know, there's some healthcare in there. There's some tech in there. So is it fair to say that an index is basically a group of stocks that represent the economic, like economic industries across the board? Yeah. Okay. So when an index is down, what does that mean?
1: An index is down uh, generally means that the majority of that, the stocks that make up that index are down. Okay. Or uh, Like one of them's leading... It's much, it's easier for me to talk about the NASDAQ, mm-hmm. uh, which has more g- growth tech, j- basically just growth focused. Um, okay. So that's like Amazon, Microsoft.
0: Okay. So all the companies that are just like thriving right now.
1: That have been thriving. Yeah. That that's have been that's thriving. That's the high, the high fast pace, super growth. Is uh, Google or Alphabet? Google Alphabet's in there. Okay. I mean, the main one, the main stocks are, I mean, the things, uh, Meta, well.
0: Meta, like Facebook.
1: Facebook. Uh, yeah. Um, Netflix. Uh-huh. You, you see all those go up a ton during a bull market. Um, those will be the fast, high-growth companies, which means and, you're going to...
0: And what's a bull market?
1: Bull market is when we're just going up. We're going to the moon. <laughs>
0: we're going to the moon. Yeah, it's just
1: nonstop. <laughs> it's a, but buy the dip. Um, what? Buy by the dip mentality. What? What does that mean? It means when a stock's down, when you get a, a dip in, in, the, in the share price, uh-huh. uh, it, that's a buying opportunity. Okay. Because we all, the trend. The trend of the market or the index is up, okay. Which means the stocks are carrying it up.
0: So the trend is up, but it makes a dip, like a. It's just, it just called it buy
1: the dip mentality. There was a buy the dip okay, was a thing from COVID. Uh, COVID trading. Okay. <laughs> <It's> just, yeah. <laughs> okay. 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 Fair enough. Yeah. So buy the dip mentality. Stocks are going up. A uh, growth, uh, like earnings growth, is. Uh, going up. So you're getting companies beating on estimates and then raising guidances for each quarter and year over year, quarter over quarter, their earnings, revenue estimates, are are, are So growing. so
0: a group of stocks like in an index, like in the Nasdaq, yeah. are all reporting on average, you could say, quarter over quarter growth. Yes. They're all saying we're beating our plan. We're beating our... Beating
1: our plan, raising guidance. What does that um, mean? Guidance, oh, for like the next quarters, years. Okay. So, so like, like, like project, projecting out. Got it. Yeah. Okay.
0: So that's how you know.
1: So we're, in a, we're in a bull market and you'll see the uptrend in each index.
0: So we're in a bull market when you see overall growth in the economy. Dep- yeah. And, and, it's econ- the and just
1: economic growth as well. I mean, it's just a whole story. Every ec- macroeconomic factor is uh, basically positive. Mm-hmm. Um and there's it's basically like after being in a bear market for eight months ten months now it's like i don't know i forgot what a bull market is (laughs) kind of sucks okay
0: so 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 what's a bear market and why why are we in it right now like what makes what we're in now a bear market?
1: growth is slowing significantly and fast um or has slowed we're seeing a little bit of stabilization right now that's as of july 28th but companies the past two quarters have lowered their expectations and missed earnings so bad that it's, uh, I, I, yeah, you could say tanked their share price. You can go use Netflix as an example of this, mm-hmm. um, or basically any of the stocks that did well during um, COVID, which was like our blow off top type deal.
0: Blow off top.
1: Yeah. So like, I guess, well, like the the run after COVID until about October or so of last year. So when you like like,
0: what what time frame is that? Run after COVID, like what time frame? So like
1: May, June 2020 till I guess.
0: October 2021.
1: Yeah, October uh, Mm 2021-ish. We were basically in hyperdrive. We were going up so fast. Okay. That it was like unsustainable.
0: So honestly, the recession was almost imminent.
1: Yeah, uh, people saw this coming. And the more money we were printing, the more people were able to, to buy stocks and the more money we were printing during COVID and everything gave more people more money mm-hmm. to spend at, on goods, services, uh, products, mm-hmm. whatever.
0: And when that slowed down and when it when slowed it,
1: down and when the money stopped, when, when basically we stopped printing money, you could see that in companies earnings.
0: Well, do you mean like when we continued printing money and money wasn't worth as much because of inflation? That, that too. Yeah. Okay. Just want to make sure. Cause I, I want to like, Understand it,
1: it's that it's both of those uh, a little bit of both.
0: Okay, but basically it's when companies were not making as much money from the consumers that they yeah. had been making money off yeah. of. So
1: then it's like, oh, their growth is slowing, and it's like, oh, because you wonder why, and as much they're money. they're not they're not getting as much money to spend, and money is worth m- less, so people want to save more, um, yeah. so they're not spending it on frivolous things either. Mm-hmm. They so don't have as much discretion. Exactly. Income. Yeah. Yeah. And you're seeing that quarter over quarter right now, and that's why we've been. Technically, in a recession for the past, or technically, we are in a recession, and the past two, three quarters have been very bad for all growth companies and most stocks in general.
0: So, does a bear market indicate a recession?
1: They're hand in hand.
0: What comes first? Like,
1: a uh, bear market usually will precede a recession because the government won't, won't want to call it a recession. Could you too late?
0: theoretically say that a bear market causes a recession because the stock market as a whole, investors are kind of...
1: I mean, I guess, not yeah. Th- like,
0: they've lost confidence. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess so, yeah. You can I mean, I don't know. Way. Like,
0: you know how no, correlation doesn't equal causation? I'm asking. I'm just asking.
1: I mean, I guess you can look at it that way to an extent.
0: Interesting. Tell me more. Yeah.
1: But yeah, oh yeah, so I'll just talk on this. Like, you can see, if you pull up Netflix's uh, yearly chart, it's, up, it's down to... Yeah, go to the year-to-date. It closed at, yeah, 226 today. Um, But it's down from 700. Whoa. So you're seeing, like, the effects of inflation on that. That's just the one that I know the best because it got absolutely demolished, and people play options on their earnings quite often. And And, and so help me understand,
0: like, why exactly netflix's stock price went down obviously their company was reporting slowed growth or they weren't meeting their numbers Slowed growth
1: subscribers dwindled um people canceling their subscriptions, sharing subscriptions because they didn't want to pay for their own subscriptions it, just a whole bunch of things but mm-hmm.
0: but how does that cause netflix's stock to go down like if i own netflix stock when it's at the high and i see that the company's not performing up to what it said it would.
1: People are going to dump and the price is going to go down because people aren't going to want to hold this. And selling causes the price to go down.
0: Okay, so I've decided Netflix might not be as smart of an investment because it's not meeting its earnings. I decide I want to sell my stock. You sell your stock. Your friend Tim sells his stock. Brandon, your friend, sells his stock. Turns into
1: a waterfall, especially on these earnings.
0: And what's a waterfall?
1: Just like a death of <laughs> the stock <laughs> like, yeah like just a huge dump <laughs> okay
0: okay fair enough so okay so we've been in a recession for two quarters now you you said earlier that the economy has stabilized what do you mean by that
1: that well i'm just noticing that the i don't know if we've stabilized but companies are reporting earnings this quarter so far, and they've guided down so low that everybody's expecting so bad Got that it. we're like, not as bad. And generally, that makes me think we're at... I mean, we've found a little bit of a bottom in the indexes mm-hmm. um, because these companies aren't reporting amazing earnings, but they're like not as bad as initially expected so then now prices are starting to you reflect that yeah but some of them not all of them definitely a lot of them are getting destroyed still but the big ones are doing well
0: so the main idea is when the stocks that are included in the different indices adjust their plan enough to grow past the new plan yeah that will reinstill instill confidence cons- in consumer confidence
1: stock. yeah and, and stock stockholder conf- confidence and you'll see that and yeah
0: so do you think that means we would then re-enter a bull market
1: um no why not i, it, I feel like it, it takes it takes time see i don't even know if we've hit bottom yet it's mm-hmm. who knows uh it's, but like let's
0: just say hypothetically let's just say we've hit bottom i don't know if we have yeah but let's just say in this next round of earnings reports all, most of the companies, for the most part, have adjusted their plan, have way more manageable numbers to hit, and they exceed those numbers.
1: Yeah, then you're going to see beats, and you're going to see the market reflect that, and then... What are beats? Earnings beats, revenue beating expectations. Oh, like re- actually... Earnings per like share beating expectations. Exceeding expectations, got it. Yeah. That makes sense. But that that's just like a kind of how I see it. There's a lot of people that'll say a diff- bunch of different things, but this is just... Earnings is like the biggest thing in the stock market Yeah, for drive things.
0: Okay. How would you say the stock market has been influenced by the Fed raising interest rates to try to combat inflation?
1: Initially, it was a huge issue. Um, Everybody was dreading the interest rate hikes. Because interest rate hikes will slow the economic growth and especially hurts uh, growth. Mm -hmm. Because we were operating too fast in the economy. And so the Fed has to hike rates in order to slow it down. Right. That's their procedure. And growing too fast, basically, and then you get inflation with that. So right now we're hiking rates. And, and then and th- in order to control things, get us more stable.
0: And how does that slow down the economy? How does the Fed raising interest rates slow down the economy?
1: So they'll they'll rate it, raise interest rate rates on big loans.
0: Okay, so like mortgages, yeah. car payments, yeah. bank loans for like opening businesses, things yeah. like that. Is that so that they can halt stimulating the economy yeah okay so raising interest rates means that you're almost discouraging people from borrowing money in order to spend it in the economy yes correct okay so that means that there's more money pulled out of the economy yeah more people like you said earlier are saving their money because yeah. they don't have as much discretionary income to use. They don't have money to borrow from the banks because they can't afford to borrow.
1: Right, and you'll see that uh, that'll impact the growth stocks the most. So the Nasdaq companies, mm-hmm. um, you're seeing that like a lot of stocks were at like 300 in November, and now they're at 20 now. Wow, multiple. Like what? Uh, I don't know Carvana, uh, Roblox was pretty high. And now it's at like 40. Well, it dropped down to 25 at one point. Dang. You, Upstart Technologies, that's a that's a big one. Is at 400 now. It's at 20. Choose. um roku got dismantled today after hours on earnings mm. um so you're still seeing it you're still seeing a lot of companies get destroyed teledoc another one people yeah. remember that from covid oh yeah yeah. zoom technologies docusign zoom's just...
0: getting destroyed
1: oh my god yeah really i'm I, like, I, like, haven't like been probably a hundred something right now dropped down to as low as 70 80 I dang think, from 500 plus that's crazy yeah dang you can just look up a the ARK fund, A A R K K, and Kathy Wood. That's the big growth, all speculative stuff. It's getting, it just got destroyed. Mm-hmm. That Dang. Was, yeah.
0: Okay. So what happens next? Like, where do we go from here?
1: Now companies need to adjust to the current economic environment. Yeah. And their share prices are starting to reflect where we actually are. hmm The big companies that are too big to fail are starting to look good again but the speculative growth stocks still looking sketchy.
0: Okay. So what do you pay attention to? Stock wise? Yeah. Like when I, you know, what are your, like what are indicators that you are looking to make decisions based off of?
1: Everything. (laughs) Like,
0: (laughs) okay. So if you could leave us with any, you know, words of wisdom, as far as the economy is concerned, how to play your stocks, maybe, right now in the economic envi- or in the you know yeah economic environment in our recession that we're in you know what would
1: you say I would say still be careful we're not even we might not even be closely out of the woods we don't know what the guy in the office is going to do i mean we do but like there there's so many outstanding factors still yeah i would just say play it safe and avoid risky stuff but i think if you're trying to buy like an Apple or a Google or something along those lines. It's probably not a bad idea.
0: Is now the time to buy?
1: I like to be late rather than early Mm -hmm. when I, when it comes to like long-term investing. So I'm just going to wait. You know, I mean, it's always going to be there, but I were still, we're still, it still seems sketchy to me. Yeah. Um, But just keep watching earnings. I'd say, and watch the Dow Jones industrial average. There i I, I like to watch the S and P five hundred. Um, it's my favorite index to watch. That they call it the spy. Okay, why? Um, it's just the it has companies from both Nasdaq and the Dow in it.
0: Okay, so would you say it's almost like a better indicator? Because yeah,
1: the S and P five hundred is the best thing to watch. Okay, it's the more it's the most true accurate state or it's it just has everything in it. Got it. From both, because it has, like, Microsoft, and it'll have, like, Coca-Cola, like, mm-hmm. everything in it. Probably. Like, more
0: established.
1: more yeah. It's established and some growth.
0: Okay. Cool.
1: So... Yeah, I, I would say watch that. Um, avoid the risky stuff still. And you'll see it in the chart. Right now, we're at a big downward slant.
0: Like, down and to the right?
1: Down and to the right. We, we like to be up and to the right. Yeah. So once these indexes establish a base, who knows where it could be, but... It's nice to see companies actually were starting to respond well to earnings again when mm-hmm. there was a two quarters, three quarters of just getting just destroyed. Yeah. I'd say just man- monitor that. And I don't really want to give any stock tips because I personally don't have any long term investments right now. <laughs>
0: Scott <laughs> is not a stock advisor or a financial advisor. Yeah. I say that <laughs> in my Twitter <laughs>
1: profile. But yeah, uh, just keep an eye on it. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll see where this goes. <laughs>
0: Well said. Well said. We'll just see what happens, right? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, where can everyone find you?
1: Everybody can find me. uh, I'm on Twitter at Barnimal.
0: Any underscores or anything in there?
1: Barnimal and then underscore. um, It's a big white bull or red bull with white background.
0: Cool. Look for the red bull with white. But
1: um, I, I generally just play penny stocks. Call out news plays and do all sorts of things, post swing ideas. But it's it's smaller cap stocks that I focus on. What do you mean, smaller cap? Sub 1 billion market cap. Market capitalization. So, what the company is worth. Okay. Basically, can I swear on here? Basically, a a bunch of. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I focus on junk, a lot of junk stocks. (laughs) Uh, What are we going to say? Shit stocks. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fair enough. (laughs) But yeah, uh, that's that's my focus and got a niche that I've figured out. Cool. But I, I will, once we figure out where we're at and starting to be in a, a place where you can be comfortable long-term investing, I'll start getting some of those ideas out there too.
0: Awesome. Well, everybody go check out Barnimal at Barnimal underscore on Twitter and find the Red Bull with the white background. I don't know. I think you're just really cool to follow, so... You know, that's my little pump for you.
1: (laughs) Thanks. I appreciate that.
0: (laughs) Uh, Okay. Before we leave, we have to rate the wine.
1: You had like one sip.
0: I was busy talking. All right. Let's do one more sip. How are we feeling? I would say it's pretty light and actually pretty smooth.
1: It's smooth. Little. It's fruity. Yeah. I like that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It has a little bit of a bite. I give it mm, maybe a seven.
1: 65.
0: six five six five okay i honestly thought you were gonna give it give it one, like a score that was better than my score
1: no it's no miomi
0: miomi is it miomi or mayomi we have this debate with dusty too miomi like meow
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: okay mm, i don't think so i think it's mayomi whatever All right. I think Scott is done with me. (laughs) Um, Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. I think I need to be more educated in stocks and understand that whole industry just to be a more informed individual who's being smart with my own money. So really thank you again for coming on. Come back anytime. And yeah. So everybody, if you're listening, uh, let me know what you think. I always appreciate any kind of feedback and make sure to give this episode five stars. Woo! Are you ready for the outro? Yeah. All right. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> nice. You could do it instead. <laughs>